Today on From His Heart, Pastor Jeff Shreve will help you discover how to keep fear from calling the shots. Now, the world is looking at Christians, and one of the big things they're looking at is, how do you handle trouble? What do you do when life is crashing all around you, when everything's falling apart? Do you freak out, or do you have a peace that passes understanding? Because that draws people like a magnet, because they say, I don't have that. You have something I don't have. Hey, your witness is compromised when you let fear call the shots. Simply put, the big enemy of walking in faith is fear. And when we start to walk by sight rather than by faith, it makes it easier for our hearts to fill with fear. So what happens when a person who genuinely loves God and wants to please Him loses the battle with fear and allows fear to take over and begin calling the shots? This is From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, And today, he concludes the second message in Pastor Jeff's series, Fear No Evil, with a lesson called, When Fear Calls the Shots. Now, if you missed the first part from Tuesday, then you can always listen online again after it's aired when you go to fromhisheart.org. There, too, you can download a free MP3 of any broadcast. Now, last time, Pastor Jeff began showing us the things that take place when fear exceeds our faith. First, we start making bad decisions. Then secondly, we begin scheming and practicing deceit, believing the lies of the devil and forgetting the truth of God. And that's where we'll pick up today. So open your Bible to Genesis chapter 12 and get ready to begin understanding what to do when fear calls the shots. You ever had that experience where your mind starts going crazy with fear? You start to project out all the things that could possibly happen in a given situation. About 22 or three years ago, I was working in sales, maybe 25 years ago, I was working in sales and um, had a little lump on my arm. Didn't think much of it. You know, it showed up when I would lift weights or something like that. It would show up, kind of stick out. And I thought, what is that? And Debbie saw it and she said, it was about the size of a pebble or something. And she said, you need to get that checked out. I said, you do? You think I need to? She goes, yeah. You need to get it checked out. Find out. Make sure it's not anything, you know, that could be a problem. So I was like, okay. So I remember calling the doctor. I'm driving in my car. I had called the doctor to set an appointment. I'm driving in my car, and the devil was in my car with me, and he was speaking to me. You know how he does whispers in your ear, and there's fears just taking over. I'm having this conversation. Now, not what the devil where I'm hearing his voice, but just an internal conversation. And the conversation goes kind of like this. Man, Jeff, I think this is bad. You, th- you think this is bad? This, this thing on my arm, you think it's bad? Yeah, I think it, I think it could be really bad. I, sa- I said, well, what, what, do you, what do you think? <laughs> hey, and uh, the voice said to me, I think it's cancer. I said, you think it's cancer? That, that thing on my arm, you think it's cancer? Yeah, I think it's cancer. I said, well, what do you think the doctor's going to do? Surgery. <sighs> I said, well, what, what else? Chemo. I said, good night. You think I'll lose my hair? And, <laughs> and I was going through all this stuff, and then I started thinking that I was having surgery and I was having chemo, and then I, I had a vision. I'm not lying. I'm not making this up. I had a vision of the graveside, 
and my three daughters and my wife crying at the graveside because daddy's dead from this thing in his arm. And I'm thinking all this, and it's happening in my head as I'm driving down the road. And I was so filled with fear and sadness. And you know what this was in my arm? There's nothing. There's nothing. I went to see the doctor. He goes, oh, yeah, the, the people have a lot of those. Cut it out. No big deal. He said, I'll send it off, but we don't need to. I mean, it's, it's nothing. I was like, wow, great. I'd live another day, you know? And, but, but that's how our minds do. We do that when we get scared at night. You know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you hear a noise, and all of a sudden you're starting to think, oh, no. Freddy Krueger's out there. Jason from Friday the 13th, somebody's out there, you know, and you start putting everything together. It's nothing, but that's kind of how fear works. We start to believe the lies and we forget the truth of God. Listen, you know why a quiet time is so important? Because you fill your mind with the truth and you remind yourself of the truth. And poor Abram needed to go back and see what God had promised him, but he wasn't thinking about the promises of God. He was just thinking about the potential danger and all the fear, and the devil was at work, and his emotions were getting all riled up. And as he's walking to Egypt, he's thinking, I very well could die as we enter Egypt. Listen, you believe the lies, you forget the truth, and then you rationalize and justify your actions. Rationalize and justify. Look what happened. So he says to his wife, now, ladies, think about this. This is your husband, and he's saying, hey, please say you're my sister, and uh, Pharaoh takes you, though that's too bad for you, but we'll save my skin, so then it's a good thing. And it says in verse 14, and came about when Abram came into Egypt that the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. And Pharaoh's officials saw her and praised her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. Therefore, he treated Abram well for her sake and gave him sheep and oxen and donkeys and male and female servants and female donkeys and camels. Hey, it's going pretty good. But the Lord, verse 17, struck Pharaoh in his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abraham's wife. Then Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her for my wife? Hmm. Serious business there. Abraham thought, well, I'll just, we'll just go with this lie. And when Pharaoh found out about it, because the Lord struck his house with plagues and he knew something was up, then he wants to know from Abram, hey, what's the deal here? Why did you lie? Why did you deceive me? And you know, Abram doesn't answer him in Genesis chapter 12, but we get the answer in Genesis chapter 20 because Abram does the exact same thing in Genesis chapter 20 when he goes to another place, uh, to a different king, Abimelech, king of a place called Gerar, G-E-R-A-R, -R, and he tells Sarah, say that you're my sister, and God almost killed that king. And he said, uh, and, and the king said, Lord, I didn't know. He told me it was his sister. I didn't know what it was. It was his wife. And so he wanted to know from Abram, why did you tell me she was your sister? And this is what Abraham said, verse 11 of chapter 20. Abraham said, because I thought surely there is no fear of God in this place and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she actually is my sister, the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. She's my sister. Was that true? Yeah, kind of. 
She's his half-sister. So he can say, you know, I'm not really lying. I'm just kind of telling a half-truth. See how his brain is working? See how he's scheming to try and uh, set himself up? Why? Because fear is calling the shots and fear is on the throne. And you know, when you and I get to that place where we're not struggling with fear, we're giving up and letting fear uh, dictate and our circumstances dictate, then we start to rationalize and justify our deceit. And we end up walking in deceit because we're not walking in the light. We've gone down to Egypt spiritually. We've gone down. We've gotten away from God and his word and his promises and, and living in the light and walking in the light and abiding in him. And all of a sudden now we're, we're getting into some bad territory. And then we have to start massaging things and we have to start working on things and we have to start cutting corners and we have to start chiseling here and chiseling there and we rationalize and justify our actions. Let me tell you something. When you start to rationalize, all that means is you're telling yourself rational lies. Rational lies. You know in your heart that you're being deceptive. Abraham knew that he was being deceptive. Oh, she is my half-sister, but I'm trying to deceive you. Adrian Rogers says you can deceive with the arching of your eyebrows if your intent is to mislead a person. And that's what Abraham was doing. And he had no care and concern for his wife. She was going to be part of Pharaoh's harem. Okay, just so long as things go well with me. What happens when fear trumps faith? You start making bad decisions. You start scheming and practicing deceit. And thirdly, you start losing your testimony for Christ. Abram was in a bad way because he's God's man. In you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. And Abraham is big time. He's big time. The Jews look to Abraham. Christians look to Abraham. Uh, Islam looks to Abraham as the father of their faith. So Abraham is a big shot. This isn't just some, you know, backwoods preacher somewhere. This is a prophet of God. And God is going to do everything through this man and through his family. He is the father of the Jewish race. And everything comes from the Jews. And Jesus came from the Jewish race. And here he is, a man who's supposed to shine for the Lord, a man who's supposed to be a testimony for the Lord, and now he's down in Egypt where he's not supposed to be, and he's lying and scheming and getting Pharaoh in serious trouble with God, and Pharaoh hadn't done anything wrong. Just as it says in Genesis chapter 20 when the, the king Abimelech uh, said to the Lord, Lord, I didn't know that that was that man's wife. He told me it was his sister. I have operated in the integrity of my heart in taking her to be my wife. And God says, I know you did that. That's why I didn't let you touch her. You didn't sleep with her because if you had slept with her, I'd have killed you. I, I didn't let you do that. And so here is poor Abram getting Pharaoh in serious trouble and causing all kinds of difficulty in his family. And then Pharaoh calls him out. And Abram had, didn't have a leg to stand on. He didn't have any way to be a witness to Pharaoh. He became an abomination to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to him, take your wife, take your things and get out of here. I don't want you here anymore. You know, it's a terrible thing when we as Christians 
allow ourselves to become so fearful that we start to walk by sight and not by faith, that we start to scheme, that we start to lie, that we start to deceive, that we start to live apart from where God wants us to live. We're not walking in the light. We're walking in the darkness. It's a terrible witness. And that's our calling from God. The Lord says, you shall be my witnesses. Now listen, if what Ann Landers said is true, and I believe it is true, the number one thing that people talk about is fear, that people deal with is fear. Now, as believers in Jesus Christ, we have a promise from God, a birthright from God, and that is peace. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives, give I to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be fearful. You trust me, and I will give you peace. So Isaiah 26, verse 3. For you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. We have that from the Lord. No matter what's going on in life, we can have peace, a peace that surpasses understanding. Paul talked about in Philippians chapter 4. Now, the world is looking at Christians, and one of the big things they're looking at is, how do you handle trouble? What do you do when life is crashing all around you, when everything's falling apart? Do you freak out, or do you have a peace that passes understanding? Because that draws people like a magnet, because they say, I don't have that. You have something I don't have. Abraham wasn't able to be a witness to Pharaoh because fear was on the throne. And Pharaoh can say, well, I have it. You don't have anything that I don't have. Get out of here. You make me sick. And you're a hypocrite because you're the one that's supposed to be the, the banner of what it means to follow God, and you're not the banner. You're not the standard. You're not, you're not an example. It's kind of like with Jonah. Remember when Jonah was running away from the Lord? And uh, the big storm and the sailors are all freaked out. And they're like, what, what, we need to find out what's caused this. And then he tells them that he's fleeing from the Lord. And they say to Jonah, how could you do this? Well, what's the deal here? He put those guys' lives at jeopardy because he refused to trust God and walk with God. Abram did the same with Pharaoh. Hey, you, your witness is compromised when you let fear call the shots. And then your loved ones are affected. This is the one that hurts the most. Your loved ones are affected. Ladies, you, you probably can answer this the best. How do you think Sarah felt when Abraham was ready to give her over into Pharaoh's harem to save his own skin? Uh, no doubt she didn't feel very good about that. She didn't feel very safe and secure with her husband as a result of that. But then there's a, another family member. His name is Lot. Lot's Abraham's nephew. And Abram was the older believer, and Lot is the younger believer, and Lot is looking to Uncle Abraham and saying, hey, you know, uh, Abram's hearing from God, so I'm going to follow uh, the prophet of God. And uh, Ab uh, Lot put his faith and trust in Yahweh God, but he didn't have a relationship with him like, like his uncle did. And when Abram went down to Egypt, Lot came with him, and Lot liked Egypt. Lot had a taste for Egypt, and Abraham ended up getting Lot out of Egypt, but he never got Egypt out of Lot, 
And we read in Genesis chapter 13, when there is a range war between the cowboys of Abraham and the cowboys of Lot, and there's not enough grass and, and, and alfalfa and mahea to uh, satisfy all their flocks and herds, that they have to separate. And Abraham says to Lot, listen, Lot, you choose. You go left, I'll go right. You go north, I'll go south. You just choose. And Abraham, uh, Lot, the scripture says, he lifted up his eyes and he looked out toward the east, toward the land of Sodom. And it was well watered everywhere like the land of Egypt. And he said, man, that place looks like Egypt. And I really liked Egypt. Abram got Lot out of Egypt, but he never got Egypt out of Lot. And that wrecked and ruined his life. And that ruined his family. You know the story of Lot. That guy lost everything. The Bible closes in Genesis 19 on the story of Lot, and he's up in a cave, and his two daughters are impregnated by Lot because they got him drunk and he slept with them. And he's lost everything, and his life is ruined, and it's a shambles. And why did that happen? A big part of it had to do was with his uncle who took him down to Egypt. Listen, moms and dads, I'm not trying to heap guilt on you, not by any stretch of the imagination, but we as parents need to be very careful with the decisions that we make, with the actions that we make. We need to be very careful that we don't let fear call the shots in our family because it affects your kids, and it can affect them for a lifetime. You know, one of the reasons why I don't drink, and I haven't had a drink since 1984, and when, when, with my kids, I never wanted them to not only to see dad drink, never wanted them to see dad drink, I wanted them to know that dad doesn't drink. You say, why is that? Because I don't want them to drink. I don't want them to ever say, well, a dad can do it. It's no big deal for dad. And uh, dad can handle it. Maybe they can't handle it. Hey, Abram could handle Egypt. He could get out of Egypt and go on with life. Lot couldn't. It's like taking somebody who has a predisposition to gambling and you say, hey, let's go on a, a big trip to uh, Las Vegas and we'll have a big fun time. And that person gets stuck in Las Vegas and they, they can't ever leave in their heart and it wrecks and ruins their life. I don't want to do that with my kids. Jana Mayo told me something years ago I've never forgotten. And she said, you know, the best advice for parents, mom, dad, uh, when you have kids, one word, behave behave, start being the example, be the parent that you want your kids to be. And don't get tied up in things that are going to hurt them. You start losing your testimony for Christ. Well, you say, what, what do you do? All right, well, what's the solution when fear calls the shots? How, how do I, I'm struggling with this thing called fear, Jeff, and I don't want to do what Abraham did. I don't want to go down to Egypt. I don't want to wreck and ruin my kids or wreck and ruin my life or ruin my testimony. So what do I do? You do what Abraham did. You leave the darkness. Genesis 13. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev, he and his wife and all that belonged to him and Lot with him. You can't get right with God in Egypt. You got to get out of Egypt. The prodigal son couldn't get right with God in the pigsty. He had to leave the pigsty and go back to his father. Abram had to leave Egypt so he could go back to the promised land. And that's what he did. You leave the darkness. You repent and get right with God. 
Look what it says in Genesis 13, verse 3. And he went on his journeys from the Negev as far as Bethel. Bethel means house of God, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there formerly, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. He got right with God. He got right with God. And the promises of God were still true for him. And the God who had made those promises received him back from Egypt and forgave him and cleansed him. And Abraham quit letting fear call the shots and put faith back on the, in the driver's seat. And he said, Lord, here I am. I want to worship you. I want to obey you. I want to trust you. And I want to be where you want me to be. You repent and get things right with God. And you walk in the light. And you walk in the truth. Listen, I don't know where you are today, but I know that if you're like me, fear is something that is constantly there. Let me encourage you, if you find yourself in Egypt today, leave it. You never get right with God. You'll never experience the, the things God wants you to experience. You, you can't uh, be the Christian God wants you to be in Egypt. You got to leave. You got to get right with God. You got to say, Lord, I'm going to start trusting you with all my heart because you promised to take care of me. You promised to work even when I can't see you at work. And God, your promises are true. And I'm going to walk by faith and not by fear. You're listening to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, reminding us today that God cannot lie, and His promises are true. We don't have to fear. And if you've never stepped out in faith to surrender it all to Jesus, we hope today's message has been a strong encouragement to you to reject that fear of stepping out. Trust that the God who created you for a purpose, to love Him, will take care of you as you surrender it all, to leave the darkness, turn from your sin, and begin walking with God in light and truth, light and truth by your faith, just as Abraham did. No matter what you've been through, you're precious to him. May God comfort you and use today's message to strengthen you today, to help you to get over the fear of surrender. And we hope that you'll go to fromhisheart.org, click the Why Jesus link to help you. Everyone deals with fear, even the greatest heroes of the Bible did, but fear will never overwhelm you as long as your faith is greater. Not just any faith, but faith in a big God. This month, Pastor Jeff Shreve wants to help you to do that with two inspiring resources, his three-message series, Fear No Evil, and the companion booklet, When Fear Meets Faith. Both of these are available in our online resource center when you go to fromhisheart.org, or you can call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE, and request the series Fear No Evil and the booklet when fear meets faith. And this month, for your special donation to From His Heart, we'd like to send you the extensive 10-message series called Rising to the Challenge, a study of the book of Joshua. It's available in the format of your choice when you make your gift to From His Heart this month. Just call 86640-BIBLE, 86640-BIBLE to make your gift, or go online to fromhisheart.org. All 10 messages in the format of your choice. Our prayer is that these resources will help you navigate the choppy waters of life 
and help you walk confidently through life's trials by overcoming your fears and learning to trust God. Well, time is gone for today. Thank you for joining us. I'm Larry Nobles, hoping you'll be right back here tomorrow as we begin the last lesson in Pastor Jeff's series, Fear No Evil, with a message that'll help you build your faith so that your faith is greater than your fear. Join us for the message, Fear Versus Faith, next time, right here on From His Heart. His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you, and He has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.